So what you gonna go hit that? Yes. And you know she got gonorrhea. Yeah. So you still don't give a fuck. You gonna go? But see, I drink, yo. So that's gonna stop it. No, it's not, bitch. You gonna? It's an antibiotic. This is an antibiotic. Yeah, you better not be recording. Oh yeah, my favorite podcast is the sick and wrong podcast. Cause it's a very good. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, Steve Simon. Uh, special guest host for this week is Christopher, the poly guy. How's it going, Christopher? Great. How are you? Good. Thanks for hosting the show. Um, you're a frequent caller, regular on the Discord, um, but I appreciate you reaching out and volunteering. That's, what, that's one cool thing I've noticed uh, over the past couple months. Everybody's been hitting me up. Even the WAD. The WAD reached out. I was like, I don't want to be a co-host. And it's like, I can't have everybody co-host. <laughs> um, but uh, I do appreciate everybody like uh, just supporting the show like that, which is cool. Yeah, and I appreciate you having me. So Thank you. It's also cool that you're a fellow podcaster, so you already got all the equipment. So it makes it right. easier. Um, so uh, you're, you're, what, what is your podcast about? What's it, what's it called? Uh, I have two podcasts, actually. Uh one is called Too Much Energon, a Beast Wars podcast where me and my friend Cal review every episode of the 1990s cartoon Beast Wars in production order. Beast and we also Wars. have an and we also have another podcast called Alpha Numeric, a reboot podcast where we do the same thing with another 1990s cartoon reboot. Reboot. I don't you know I've heard of Beast Wars. Sim somewhat related to the Transformers, right? It is, yeah. It's a. It was a sequel series to Transformers that ran from 1996 to 1999. But the uh, the the connection between the two is that reboot was the series that the animation studio who produced Beast Wars. It was their first series that they did. Um, predated Transformers. Uh, predated Beast Wars oh, Beast specifically. Wars. Oh. Uh, reboot actually holds the uh, honor. <laughs> for lack of a better word <laughs> of being the the first ever like fully computer generated uh weekly animated series very uh niche i would say but that's good though that's the thing with podcasts it's like there's a million podcasts so it's good to like separate yourself you know exactly um so how come you don't do a podcast about the the poly life <laughs> uh yeah yeah um i'm actually not all like that knee deep into the uh the or balls deep if you will <laughs> into balls the, poly deep community. In the poly scene <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not so much into that anymore i was like back in um back in like the mid 2010s when uh uh my it was cool when it when it was cool yeah <laughs> when my uh my when my now ex-wife like proposed that i was like oh okay cool oh wait Let's wait, wait. so she brought it up with you like you weren't originally because isn't it the other way around where the guys are always like 
yeah, you know, baby, let's do, let's let's get into the poly scene. And then she goes out and gets laid like the next day. And then you get laid maybe in the next month. <laughs> that is, is exactly that how, how it went down. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, she was reading this book like uh, back when we first got together. She was reading this book called, what was it? The Ethical Slut. And after we'd been together for like maybe a fucking year <laughs> or something like that, she was like, she was like, oh, I think we should try this. And I'm like, I actually back in uh, fuck 2014, I actually called in to the show and you guys played this, my call. This sounds familiar where you're talking about it. This sounds really familiar. So were you guys like having dinner at the Olive Garden or something and she just kind of out of the blue brought it up? I can't remember how it actually got started, but uh, yeah, it was basically like, I was like, okay, we, we, we can try this out. Sure. Uh, but I don't want this to be like a fucking like cuckold type situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I at least become that. I at least want to be able to, you know, like explore relationships with other people. And she's like, absolutely. And then went out and, you know, got, fucking railed by half the city while I'm on like okay cupid like filling out my profile and shit. It's gotta be it's so much harder for dudes. Um wait, where do you do you live you said you live in Canada, right? Yeah, I live in Victoria, British Columbia. So is there a big poly scene there? Uh there there actually there was uh back when I was actively trying to be a part of it, but like I don't know. I, I haven't really been involved in all of that for several years now because like, I don't know that there's Did it turn there, you off or something or something turn you off. There, yeah. There's lots of hypocrisy and like, like, like I said in my call that I made in, um, I don't know, maybe last year I was like, it, I find poly people tend to have this very like, oh, oh, I, I am intellectually and emotionally superior because so I am comfortable. Yeah, yeah, I I am comfortable with having my uh, with having my partner engage in relationships with others. But like they're prone to this exact same like kind of like jealousy and like pettiness and bullshit that monogamous couples are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody is this human nature. So, where do you meet these? Do pe poly people meet each other on like Tinder or is there or like FetLife? Or are there like specific sites for poly-minded people? Uh, okay, Cupid is a big one for poly people because like uh, uh, Okay, Cupid actually has an option to like link your relationship to another profile, so you can be like, oh, I am I am poly, but you know this user is my partner. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, so you could have oh, okay so you could actually show this is my partner i'm in a poly relationship so they can see it because if you notice that in like on tinder you'll just get this creepy like message from a couple and it's <laughs> and it'll be like or a girl will message you and then you click on the profile and then she's with and then you realize it's a couple and you see like a picture of her like boyfriend with his fucking shitty mustache you're just like what the fuck I'm not into that what I once had this uh, this dude, this like gray haired, like gray, like curly haired dude who was like 50 message me and be like <laughs> and be like, hey, you'd probably you'd probably like my girlfriend. She's a sub. What say we all get together and have some fun? And I'm just like, <laughs> did you respond? No. <laughs> so so tell so are you like predominantly straight or you bi you're gay 
Um, I'm kind of into everything. Okay, honestly, so try a trisexual. Try anything. So yeah, basically, I imagine it I, must be easier to for a dude to be in a poly relationship with another dude. Like, is it uh, is is the poly lifestyle more like common? I guess in the gay community. Speaking from personal experience, uh, like I, I've never been in that kind of relationship, but I've known, uh, you know, like going on like Tinder or Grindr or things like that. There are so many, like you meet like so many uh, gay couples who are like, they've been together for years and they're just like open to, hey, come over, hook up. I mean, that's kind of my brother's philosophy. Like, I don't think my brother's ever had a monogamous relationship. He he was just like gay people don't know the meaning of that term, as my brother. And I was like, no, they. I know gay couples that have been monogamous and happy. I think it just depends on what you're into, you know. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I've always, always just like my brother will like. God, what was his ex's name? Rick. My brother and Rick were together for like eight years. That was like the longest relationship. I think that was like the only relationship my brothers had in the past like twenty years. Um, but they were in like a relationship, and yeah, they would just. Uh, do just that. Go on Grinder, go on Tinder, and just invite people over. And I was like, yeah. "Isn't that?" I was just like, "Is that just how it works?" Is I've never had that type of relationship with any girl I've dated. But hey, you know, you never know. I mean, what, what you're into. But I just imagine, regardless of how open you are sexually, I just imagine jealousy eventually just rears its head. You know, because it's yeah. human nature. Totally. But. So anyway, you live in uh, in Victoria. Is in, Victoria is like an island, right? It's not really part of the mainland. No, it's not part of the mainland. Uh, we are the capital city of British Columbia, but we are we're located on Vancouver Island, which is just west of well, Vancouver. <laughs> how, how far from Vancouver? Uh, it's about an hour and a half ferry ride, so we're we're pretty isolated. Oh, so you guys are probably dealing well with the COVID then. Uh, for the most part, yeah, I think like right now on the the uh, like on the island as a whole, which I think Vancouver Island might be the second biggest island in all of North America. Like it's pretty huge. There's like a million people on it. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there are 15 active cases on the entire island. God damn, that's like Australia. Like they just shut it down. Yeah, you know, like we we. Like here, like bar bars and movie theaters and all that shit have been open since like June. Oh, so everything's pretty much normal there, for the most part. Yeah. Do you Although guys have going, to wear masks? Um, it depends on the business. Uh, like, well, like a lot of big box stores, uh, just nationwide have made mask wearing mandatory. But a lot of smaller businesses. It's encouraged, but it's not option or it's not required. It's not like forced. Yeah, like it is here. Like here, yeah. it's like you know you can't go into a store if you don't have a mask on. Yeah. Um. So you know, I've never actually been to uh, that. I guess the western side of Canada. I've always wanted to go up to Vancouver. I've, you know, I've heard, I've seen like these pictures of the like you guys have like rainforests up there, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever seen a you ever see a Bigfoot? <laughs> a bigfoot hooker i've seen bears <laughs> you've seen bear but do people both, are both, there people both the, sorry both the both the literal and the uh and the, <laughs> the gay versions they both roam the rainforest of canada um have uh 
Are there people there that actually do like believe in Bigfoot and like try uh, to go find them in the rainforest? Not that I've ever met. No, because because here, you know, in Northern California, they say that you know the Bigfoots. There's like Bigfoot hunters. Bobcat Goldthwait did a movie about it. Uh, the reason I'm bringing up Bigfoot is because uh, the interview that I'm about to play was with uh, the is with the editor uh, in chief of the Weekly World News. Uh, Greg DeLisandro and the weekly uh, do you ever have you ever heard of the weekly world news you ever read it uh I've heard of it I don't uh I'm not personally familiar with it though I was enamored with that with that it's kind of like a news magazine but it was one of those things you'd find like when you're checking out at the grocery store with your mom it's like you know there'd be like people magazine national Enquirer, and then there'd be like a newspaper with like Bat Boy on the cover or Elvis has been spotted in <laughs> McDonald's in Kalamazoo. And I just, I loved it. I'd ask my mom to buy it for me all the time. And it just, I love the stories. It was kind of like, I would say it was like the cryptid version of the onion, you know, cause the, the movies or the, the stories are loosely based on truth. Like they're loosely based on true stories, but obviously there's a lot of, uh, the artistic license with it, but, um, but just, I love that magazine. And then, uh, it's sort of, you know, as with most print publications kind of disappeared. Um, I think in like 2007, they stopped the, uh, the print publication, but anyway, a couple editors, um, Steve and Sean reached out to me and they're just like, Hey, you know, we're doing a big Kickstarter trying to bring the weekly world news back. Um, I mean, they're, they have plan big plans for it, like online print, podcasting, all sorts of stuff. And so nice. the Kickstarter is only going for another week and they're like, Hey, can you, uh, have Greg D'Alessandro, the editor in chief on the show? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of the publication. So anyway, let me play the interview I did with Greg, a uh, you know, pretty cool guy. So we're here with uh, Weekly World News Editor-in-Chief, Greg D'Alessandro. Uh, Greg, thanks for being on the show, man. Oh, thank you, Dee. It's a pleasure to be on the show, you guys. Yeah, I'm a, a huge fan of the Weekly World News, the, the world's only reliable news source, That's in my opinion. And uh, yeah, one of uh, one of your content uh, providers uh, emailed me. It was like, hey, you guys, you know, we're doing a Kickstarter for the Weekly World News. And I was thinking, wow, a Kickstarter. And I guess I never I never really thought about it. I guess I haven't seen the print publication. But so are you doing the Kickstarter to bring back the print publication? Uh, yeah, we, we, we it kind of went dormant, you know, went online in 2007, you know, it went, mm. went out of print in 2007. And then it went online and it kind of went dormant in 2015. So about a year ago, we started bringing it back and everything together. And now we want to get back into print. So, uh, cause there's seems to be everyone, uh, would like to see it like that. You know, it's not, uh, um, well, I mean, it's nostalgic, but also, I mean, that's, it was kind of a staple of a lot of people's childhood, you know, see when you're standing in the uh, supermarket checkout line with your mom and you see bat boy, you right, on the right. front covered your page through it. I mean, it was, we all did that. Yeah, we all, we we get so many stories of uh, people. They they come home, they used to uh, bring it home and share it with their family, sit around, or get, and uh, their grandparents or their father or their brothers, and just you know open it up and laugh, have fun. We had this guy who's uh, used to read it every Friday on the on the on at, on Wall Street to the whole uh, microphone to the whole floor. I mean, <laughs> all these, we, we keep uncovering all these. There's so many fans out there. And, uh, and we feel like it might be a right time. You know, we've been online. Uh, we're, we're doing some stuff in, in Hollywood. We got we actually have a podcast working oh. on it. be up in, in uh, January. Oh, wow. Well, definitely let me know when uh, that comes out. We'll, uh, we'll uh, plug it here on the show. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I'll tie me up. It'll be, it'll be. <laughs> we'll have you back on. So tell okay. me, how long uh, was the Weekly World News in publication? Like, when did it start? Yeah, it started in uh, in November 1979. So it was part of um, American Media Inc. with um, National Enquirer. Oh yeah. So the National Enquirer was being was printed in black and white, and then they went to color. So then they had these black and white presses. So, uh, you know, a couple of guys came up with this idea. We'll just take some bizarre stories and we'll put it out and see how it goes. And, and it kind of, you know, took off from there. And then people kind of dialed up the stories a little bit, you know, a lot of true <laughs> stories mixed in with some, you know, some other fantasy. Well, fantastic stories. Yeah, like fantastical stuff. But, you know, still, you know, everything we write is always true. You know, it's all. So, so it, it was a sister publication to the Inquirer, kind of like a redheaded stepsister, I suppose. Um, exactly. But the Inquirer was huge. I mean, there's a lot of celebrity gossip at, at that point. How big, I guess, at its height, what was the circulation of the uh, Weekly World News? And we got, we had 1.2 to 1.4 million a week. Ah, oh, that's crazy. And that's the thing, like the supermarket sales space was crazy competitive back then. I mean, you had like the Sun, yeah. the Star, National Enquirer. Yeah, and I, I, I was talking to someone recently at the National Choir, and they they're having a great year this year, actually. And they're is, they're still in print, right? Yeah, they're in print, and and since um, you know, like the airports are kind of closed down, and they're, they uh, you know bus stations and not, not as much traffic, so the glossy magazines aren't doing as well. But the ones in the supermarkets and the pharmacies and stuff are doing well. So you know. We thought we'd come back and print, maybe try, you know, maybe monthly or bi-weekly, you know, and just, just see, if, back, you know? Yeah, see if it takes off. So, I mean, you know, if you think about it, the timing is probably right because, I mean, it could almost be said that the Weekly World News invented fake news. Right. I mean, if, uh, if you think about it. However, I guess that was, we were just touching upon that, but it gets to my question here. There was truth, some truth behind these stories published in the Weekly World News. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We would we would find uh, pictures or stories that people uncover. And we that's how it started. It started by finding these bizarre stories. So the most of the ones in the first few years were, were 100 percent true, you know, and then uh, then we, then we started, you know, adding a little uh, creativity to it a little bit and, uh, <laughs> and it took off there. But, you know, again, everything we write is 100 percent true. Rules well, only reliable news, yeah. Well, that's the but, thing. Like, Hogzilla was an actual story. I think it was, like, a, a big, massive hog that they someone shot in Georgia. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. That's and, exactly right, yeah. And you guys also, you know, that's one thing. I mean, our show is evidence of this, but a lot of crime right. stories are, are bizarre enough on their own that you right. don't really even need to make them up, you know? I know, you know, and the, and, the, and the thing is, no matter what we write, and we write also a lot about aliens, which is, you know, now it's, you know, they're releasing all this information about aliens and UFOs, but still, no matter what, you know, there's a good solid 20% of people that believe everything, you know. <laughs> that, that just take everything as <laughs> is, is true. Yeah, everything there, we're like, like Manigator. We have, uh, you know, this half alligator, half man, you know, and there wasn't just one Manigator, there's like 200 you know, because there was a whole, there's a whole batch of eggs found in Louisiana, but some people, they've seen like a man, you know, and maybe, maybe they have, you know. Well, were you guys ever concerned about like, I don't know, defamation suits or, or do you know of any lawsuits that happened against the weekly world news? Uh, 
There has never been uh, a lawsuit that I know of against Weekly World News. So there's a couple of people have complained when we've written about them, said stuff, um, but no, no lawsuits. I think. Uh, I mean, funny. it's satire. Yeah, sat- exactly. That's why we're listening to satire. So we do get, we have a little leeway there. I think the only person I'm trying to remember what the article was about. But the only person that actually moved forward a little bit was Carrot Top. Oh, Carrot yeah, Top? Well, what was yeah, the story? Yeah, I know. I'm trying to remember what the story Alien, was. Alien, maybe? Yeah, that, that had to do with a cryptid. And I know oh, okay. you got a lot of cryptid stuff, too. So we, yeah, it was about a, 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 a Carrot Top interacting with a cryptid. It might have been actually. I would think Carrot Top is a cryptid, if you ask me. Yes, he could be. He does, <laughs> he does qualify. I mean. So what's the story, <laughs> the backstory on Bat Boy? Like who came up with that? Because that that's one of the more memorable characters. Okay, yeah. So there's a guy named Dick Culpa, K-U-L-P-A, and he he came up with it, and uh, with it was an you know uh, photographer artist, and uh, it was based on uh, a rumor from uh, in West Virginia of this you know bat child found in cave, but they you know kind of took it out a little bit, but it, it's basically there was a uh, the government was doing this genetic testing. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, which so happens. Mix, exactly. So doing mixing, which the government always does. You know, they're doing all these strange things that we don't know about. So they're, they're mixing a uh, human DNA with a bat DNA. And then and, uh, and and they had many of these bat human, you know, uh, these uh, hybrid pre- things. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So they were, but they were keeping it a secret down in these uh, caverns in West Virginia near the Shenandoah Valley. There's a lot of inbreeding and, out there too. A lot of yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, and bat inbreeding too. So, <laughs> and then so we uh, they they this uh, this uh, family, father and son, uncovered you know came across. They were going down into these caves and they found this bat boy, and they brought him up. And then there's this whole immediately the government came in and took bat boy uh, away. Testing. Right, yeah. they, they wanted to test them, and they wanted to keep them away from from the public knowing about. Them. And then, uh, then Bat Boy escaped, and then we've had five hundred stories of what Bat Boy's done since. Then. <laughs> and, as a matter of fact, right now he's running for president. So, oh, yeah. okay, that's good. Third party, that's good yeah, to know. Third you party, Bigfoot is vice president. Yeah, as a kid, my favorite stories uh, was uh, I loved Bigfoot Hooker. Right, that, that was amazing. Manigator right. was cool, but the Elvis is still alive stories were always the ones that captivated me. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a big deal. Yeah, he was spotted in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. At McDonald's, time. right? Exactly. Yeah, he wasn't, he was, uh, yeah. He's, and a matter of fact, some people say that he still is alive. He's like 80 something, 88 or something like that. But, <laughs> did, you, uh, did you ever see the movie Bubba Hotep? Yes. Well, yeah. yeah, remember he was like uh, Bruce Campbell played Elvis in a nursing home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got our cover once with uh, Elvis was in a wheelchair outside of Graceland. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, one of the other ones where I was doing a little bit of research, which I never saw this story, but it's hilarious. Yeah. Gay skeletons found in a Titanic life ring. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's been a lot of Titanic stories and babies that, uh, that have been found alive from the titanic and stuff like that that were <laughs> preserved down there but yeah the gay skeletons there are also skeletons found in the uh garden of eden oh wow. gay skeletons. yeah 
Yeah, that, was and that was a big story. And we also found the Garden of Eden. Oh, yeah, some hard-hitting news there. Yeah, that was in Wyoming. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no. so what are the other stories that is kind of, I thought it was kind of strange for the Weekly World News to kind of enter into this territory, but you guys published three photos of serial killer Ted Bundy's corpse after he was executed right, in yes. 1989. And that yes. was like a big seller too. Was that one of the more controversial stories? Yeah, that was very uh, controversial, you know, because uh, I don't know if anyone had done that kind of thing before, but but just publishing his corpse, yes, is is a crazy thing. There was a lot of mail on that, but, you know, because of, you know, the genre of Weekly World News, you know, you get away with a lot of, lot more things, you know. Yeah, you guys definitely had some more leeway with that. Um, yeah, you, get, you get a little more leeway in a lot of, lot of things, you know. Do you guys know, do you know whether or not, I mean, I know there, you said there are no lawsuits, but did the uh, Weekly World News ever have to pull the story or did, or are they just like, no, nah, that's too crazy. We can't publish that. Uh, no, we haven't had to, we haven't had to pull anything. We, we, we've discussed whether to put something out or not, but there was one, you know, when we were online in 2012, we had a big story, which was that Facebook was shutting down and oh. we put that out there. Uh, and I think we had like 1.8 million uh, views in one day. Because it was earlier on, and, and so we said Facebook was shutting down, and then you know, two weeks later, Facebook had to put out a press release and said that, no, that's not true. Uh, we're not shutting down. Cause had, we kept getting more and more and more people looking at the article, and we started a petition to save Facebook. We had uh, 1.8 <laughs> million people sign a petition. And then um, so eventually, so then when they wrote their, their press release, then we had to write another story saying, well, of course, you know, of course, they're not showing you now. Of course, they're saying that because uh, it's true. <laughs> but we just moved it out a little bit. So we, we've had a lot. And we also had this one, uh, 2010, where we, we talked about um, Los Angeles Police Department buying 10,000 jetpacks from this Australian company to form a Los Angeles jetpack police force. Wow, jetpack and, cops. Yeah, exactly. And they, they actually, so that we posed that at like a 3 in the morning, 2010 or 11, something like that. And uh, at seven in the morning, it was on Fox and Friends. <laughs> word, word for word, they put in bullet points of what, what I wrote, you know, put down. And then, you know, by 10 a.m., CNN and MSNBC is making fun of Fox. And, and then they had another special on it. And then that night uh, on David Letterman's top 10 list, they made it the top 10 list. No. Well, Fox News <laughs> is known for their fact checking. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. They, they, they spent a lot of time fact checking. <laughs> we said it was $10,000 for each jetpack. So it was a billion dollars spent on jetpacks just for this. And there hadn't been one jetpack made by this company. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, yeah. With the, uh, with the return of the Weekly World News, Yes. Are you are you concerned that you know in this day and age of fake news, just you know the the fact and the difference between fact and fiction is so blurred now? Do you think you right. might cause another Orson Welles panic myth, you know, with the American public? Like, how do you think people will react to stories about like Bigfoot yeah, slaves? I, I, yeah, I think that that could happen. I mean, we, because we are especially with the alien invasion going on right now, but. Like we, some people say we were fake news and then there was like real news and then the real news became fake news. And now we're back to weekly world news being the, the true source of, uh, of news, you know? So it's, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really, uh, yeah, I, think I'm, I'm I think there's a lot that we could do, you know, and there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, stories that we can present to the public that would, uh, 
raise some eyebrows, and that's what we intend to do. You know, because I, there, because I, mean, there, I think personally. Yeah, go ahead. Personally, I think uh, you know the fact that people are so easily triggered now would be a is going to be a good thing for you guys. Yeah, I think you know? so. so we, you know, we try and be on the lighter side of things. We try and cover the stories that no one else is talking about. You know, so uh, that's you know, it's 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 going to be something different, a break from all the other news, which all that other fake news. Yeah, the other actual yeah. fake news. The actual the real <laughs> fake news. You, know, you, you need a break from that, so you got to come back to Weekly World News, find out what latest is going on with Bigfoot Hooker, you know, with yeah. P.H. with P.Law, the alien. We have this alien who's, you know, met every, advised every president since Ronald Reagan. So, we, you know, they're, they're, we have a lot going on. We I mean, have, we, that's uh, believable, if, if you ask yeah. me. I mean, we that, interviewed that, a guy last week who said that uh, all the politicians are humanoid aliens. So. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, that's within the realm of comprehension. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, Greg, how long have you been editor in chief of the uh, Weekly Review? So I've been for like a year. I've written for them for, I don't know, maybe 12 or 14 years. I've written about 5,000 articles and posts for Weekly World News. So, I kind of got, you know, bumped up to editor in chief and uh, trying to steal the ship here. <laughs> nice. Yeah, um, yeah. How close are you guys to the goal, your Kickstarter goal? Uh, we're, we're at 60% now. We have oh, nice. 12 days left. Yeah. 12 days left. So, All right. And so yeah. the plan is once you hit that Kickstarter goal, um, right. you're going to do a podcast or a TV series. Uh, well, the podcast is already underway. The, the, the Kickstarter is now just to, we have some really great writers. We want to, you know, get them fully on board with our, our good graphic person we have and go into print, begin our, our, our foray into print back into print. So that's what we're trying to do. Which is, which is great because that's, you know, somewhat atypical these days when everyone's trying to have like an online presence, you know, I kind of miss the, the tangible print publications. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've, you know, thought about, I mean, like we said, Oh, everybody wants to be online. Everybody just wants to do social media. And, but we keep getting requests and it's not only just from older readers, people like, you know, maybe 50 or 60, it's only like 25 to 44 people that want to, see it in print, you know, I don't know, there's something about, you know, I used to go to these pitch meetings in LA all the time and, and every, I would bring the papers with me and they, I couldn't, they would want them. They would take them. They wouldn't give them back to me. You know, <laughs> everybody wants the paper. So I don't know. We figure that we'll, we'll, we'll go back, try and give the people what they want, you know, and keep doing online and do our yeah. podcast. Why not just, you know, best of all worlds. Uh, well, I'm 100% supportive of this. And uh, people, you can go pledge some money to the uh, Kickstarter at kickstarter.com. Just do a search for uh, Bring Back the Weekly World News. Exactly. That's all you have to do. I think when's it end? Uh, the 23rd? 23rd. The tw so you have up until the 23rd to uh, pledge some money. Let's bring back the Weekly World News. Because, I mean, to be honest, while you're waiting in that you know long, spaced-out COVID line to check out the grocery store, would you rather be entertained if stories of Bigfoot Hooker? Exactly. You know? yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, we want to see your Bigfoot Hooker's book. You know? yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of what we want to read about. Uh, Greg, best of luck to you. I hope uh, I really do want to see uh, Weekly World News uh, coming back to uh, to print. So uh, thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah. And thank you, Dee, so much. Yeah, thank you, guys. Very yeah, much. it was good talking to you. All right. All take right, care. Good talking to you. So yeah, people definitely go support uh, the Weekly World News Kickstarter. Just throw them a couple bucks. I'd like to see that paper return. You know, the the thing I'm wondering in the age of QAnon, 
throwing <laughs> fake news. Bullshit. I wonder if Americans would think these stories are real, you know, <laughs> and freak out about it. Because, I mean, at this point, it's like, fuck, they believe anything. You know, it's insane what's going on right now. So I, I just wonder the effect a publication like, like this would have in this day and age. You know, we'll have to see. That sounds um, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it returns because I was a huge fan. Um, Bigfoot Hooker, my favorite story they ever did, uh, next to the Elvis ones. But they always ran like these just bizarre Elvis ones or like Hillary Clinton. Like they were the first people to say like Hillary Clinton was an alien. You know, they were the first ones to uncover it. But uh, definitely go check out the Weekly World News. Uh, people, this is episode 761 here is Sick and Wrong. We have some news stories coming up next. Um, some phone calls a little later in the show. But first, uh, here's a clip about our Patreon page. Hey. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Listener. I'll venture to bet you've been listening to this show for many years. This is Schlitzy, and I want to take a moment to put your life into perspective. When my wife left me, took my kid... Sick and Wrong was there for me. When my family turned their backs on me and I needed somebody to talk to, Sick and Wrong was there for me. When I tried killing myself over and over and over and failed, Sick and Wrong was there for me. When I was out living on the streets sucking dicks to put a needle full of heroin in my arm, Sick and Wrong was there for me. And through all this, I still found a way to pay $5 a month to the Sick and Wrong patron. For just five bucks a month, you can keep these kikes spreading their hate on the interwebs. You'll get one extra news story, show outtakes, tales from failures like me and winners like Jizzy Jake, and get to laugh at the mentally ill rotundo like Boner Villain, and much, much more. Go to patreon.com forward slash sick and wrong right now and listen. If you aren't going to do that, I implore you to spread the word and gospel of sick and wrong to someone you love in your life today. All right, so the first story we have here uh, has to do with a serial killer fan who murdered a woman in his flat of horrors. Uh, this guy's great. He looks like somebody out of one of those like 90s you know, emo bands, like Blood on the Dance Floor or something. Um, this <laughs> this serial killer fan lured a woman to his flat of hoarder, horrors. A flat of hoarders. <laughs> I thought that actually would be horrifying to me. He uh, lured a woman to his flat of horrors, murdered her with his boyfriend, and then dismembered the woman into 11 pieces. Uh, this guy's name is Nathan Maynard Ellis, 25. 11, 11 specifically, like 11, 11 pieces. pieces. chopped her up, yeah. I don't know if there was like a reason that it was 11 or if it was just, you know, that's just the way it worked out. So um, so they were like, uh, we need to turn this murder up to 11. <laughs> this murder goes up to 11. Um, yeah, I, you know, I wonder, it, it sounded, well, we'll get into it, but it sounded like... Uh, they scattered her all over town, so cops were just finding a different piece of her, you know, all over all over the city here. And uh, this is in the West Midlands, so it was in uh, in England. Um, Nathan Maynard Ellis, twenty five years old, and David Leasley, thirty, are accused of killing Julia Rawson, forty two, at their home in Tipton, West Midlands. This happened in May last year. Apparently, Maynard Ellis, the twenty five year old, met Miss Rawson by chance at a pub. And uh, the pair returned to his home in a taxi. Uh, this man is said to be obsessed with violence and serial killers. 
Who isn't? Uh, with the flat <laughs> containing stuffed animals, live snakes in tanks, spiders on the walls, skulls, and gory homemade masks of characters in horror films. Apart from the masks, you can almost say that's my interior decoration. <laughs> you know, it's, it's totally my style. I'm sure yours isn't that much different. Um, Wait, were the were these live spiders on the wall? No, I think it was just uh, it just says spiders, but live snakes and t- I I don't like snakes, so I wouldn't have snakes. But I don't like spiders, so like immediately that's just nightmare nightmarish. I, I have a taxidermy uh, tarantula that I like, but it's in like a you know a, in a glass case. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm into animal skulls. I'm into a little bit of taxidermy. I love horror. I don't have the live snakes in the tanks, but yeah, not, not, not that far off from my, my interior decorating style. So after killing Miss Rawson, the men dismembered her body into 11 pieces and put them into black plastic bags, which they hid in the undergrowth by a canal and other areas throughout the city. And if you think about it, this is a fun couple activity to strengthen your bond with your partner. You know, it's like maybe I, I look back at my unsuccessful relationships and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I've ever had this type of bond. You know, I was never this close where we both did something together. You know, Can you imagine that couples therapy session where they're. <laughs> yeah, the therapist is like, that's not the type of bonding I suggested. And they're like, oh, really? We were reading between the lines. Couples um, bonding. We thought you said couples bondage. <laughs> Both men deny murder, uh, while Maynard Ellis denies four counts of rape um, relating to uh, allegations made by other women, I guess. So this guy's not a great character. Uh, they did both admit to concealing a corpse and perverting the course of justice by replacing a bloodstained carpet that was in the flat. Um, perverting the course of perverting justice. Perverting the course of justice. It's so English. It sounds. It is English. right. Uh, so, perverting the course <laughs> of justice with his like white wig on. Um, <laughs> so the prosecutor here said that Maynard Ellis has harbored these dark dark thoughts for years, and he's shown a peculiar interest in certain themes involving serial killers and the dismemberment of bodies. His boyfriend David knew of these interests since they're flat was full of posters and massive serial killers and had DVDs with, uh, you know, S&M themed DVDs with violent sexual abuse of women. So these guys, wow. it's kind of weird. Like, so these dudes must really just hate women. <laughs> like they're, they're gay and their, their fantasies are just like videos of, of the torture of women. Yeah, so, it's like they, they only fuck dudes be, simply because they hate women so much. Yeah, it's like, Jesus. These guys are like worse than incels. Um, so the jury heard that Maynard Ellis um, accepted that he was involved in Rawson's death, but he denies it was murder. Um, the boyfriend says he denies playing any part in the death, and he blamed the whole thing on the boyfriend. So I don't know how. No, how I, yeah, I don't know how strong that couple, that couple's relationship is. So here's how it all went down: Miss Rawson, who was a lesbian had spent the evening with an ex-girlfriend before catching the wrong bus home and ending up at a pub called The Bottle and Cork. I'm wondering if any of our English fans have actually been to this place. And by happenstance, she actually ended up meeting Maynard Ellis at The Bottle and Cork. At around 2 a.m., the bar was closing, and she and Nathan Maynard Ellis shared a taxi. And so he invited her back to his house for a drink. 
And uh, it, the, the court says here that it's unlikely that she would have known that Nathan was a homosexual. And she also wouldn't have known that, that he had a boyfriend in the flat. I think they're just hanging out and he invited her back to his place. Um, okay, so if she didn't know that he was gay, like, why would a lesbian be like, yes, good sir, I will accompany you back to your apartment from this pub? Like, that is why? That is interesting. I, I wonder if she was just like, ah, I might as well try it out. who knows you know it's like she you know she had her ex-girlfriend maybe they're in an argument she's like i'm gonna try it out and just reaffirm whether or not i like dick you know who knows (laughs) or maybe you know maybe he was maybe you know she did know he was gay and they're just like hey let's just hang out yeah that seems more believable to me as someone who knows many lesbians (laughs) (laughs) i think it's funny that uh she could they also mention here in the court that there's no way she would have known that she was about to enter a flat of horrors <laughs> <laughs> and she realized as soon as she went in by way of description there were numerous stuffed creatures on the walls live snakes and reptiles and tanks gory face masks of characters from horror films that this guy made himself so he's like homemade face masks you know on the walls um you know I actually, if I went into someone's house and I saw that, like if I, you know, met a girl and went back to her place and she had like horror movie posters and things like that on the walls, I'd be like, this is cool. Got like homemade leather face masks. What would freak me out is, uh, so I, this is what freaked me out. I went on a, this is a true story. It was about like three years ago. I went on a Tinder date with this girl that I met. Um, and she, it was weird because she usually, you know, with Tinder dates, you go to like a bar or something for the first drink before you go on an actual date. Yeah. You know, or okay Cupid or whatever. You meet up at a bar, you have a drink, see if the person looks like their photo, see if there's any kind of chemistry, and then you go on an actual date. So this is the initial meetup. And she didn't want to meet at a bar. She wanted to meet at this place called Blockheads, which is like way out in K Town, Koreatown. And what it what this place was is is have you ever heard of this shaved ice cream? No. I had never heard of it either. I think it might be a Korean thing. But it's like they literally take a block of ice cream and just cut off shavings. And they put it in like a cup and with like, you know, like blueberries and like whipped cream on it. And it's just like shaved ice cream. That sounds like some fucking hipster bullshit. It, it's weird. This is, you see, there are blockheads like all over, like blockheads restaurants or, you know, little uh, ice creameries or whatever all over this uh, Koreatown. I don't know. So I, I went with it. I'm like, sure. Um, and so I went and met her and she, and she was hot. Like she's kind of a bit normal for me. She kind of looked like Kirsten Dunst. And I was just like, oh, oh like, yeah, yeah. You know, I could get behind that. Yeah, totally. Kind of cute. And so we ended up hanging out there and the place uh, closed down around 11. So I suggested, hey, you want to go grab a drink? And she's like, well, why don't you come back to my place? And I was like, well, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> and so we go back to her place, which wasn't that far away from the blockheads over there in K-Town. And we walk in. And the whole place was covered in Christmas decorations. <laughs> I, dude, it was fucking June. June. And so I remember just sitting down and I was like, and she goes, oh. And she, she could tell, like, my face was registering alarm because I was just like, this is weird. And she was like, oh, I love Christmas. It makes me happy to have the decorations all year round. You should have played the Jewish card. <laughs> I just, I just played like this is fucking creepy as hell. And I mean, I'm not just talking about like you know a couple Santa Clauses. The whole fucking place with lights and a Christmas tree, and just like you know wreaths and shit. It, it was fucking weird. <laughs> Mistletoe, and then she made like some tea, and we had a cup of tea, and I was like, 
I really got to get going, but let's hang out some other time. I just got Did in my she car. Did she offer you a fucking glass of eggnog? <laughs> yeah. I would not have drank her eggnog, believe me. <laughs> but that's what would be more creepier to me, you know, than a fucking, if she had like a, you know, a leather face mask on the wall. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, the prosecutor added, more disturbing perhaps and entirely hidden from Miss Rawson's view was the mental makeup of the man whom she had just met. Um, for years, this guy had been addicted to thoughts of violent, sexualized killing of women. And he had been seen by psychiatrists about his vi- sexually violent fantasies. He had like newspaper clippings and books about serial killers featuring decapitation and necrophilia. I'm sure he was a member of the Sick and Wrong Discord. Um, <laughs> this sounds like the plot to a movie, honestly. <laughs> um, Especially guess, the way it's written. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to tell it in a narrative style. Miss um, Rawson's body parts, including her severed head, hands, and feet, were found at two different locations a month after she died. And after their death, this is this is what why you know these guys are sociopaths. Um, both these guys behaved completely normal in the days and weeks after she was killed. Yeah, Maynard Ellis just appeared really happy, even celebrated his birthday a couple weeks later. Um, the I think the the most difficult part of this whole thing, though, is that the defendants had the burned clothing dispose of a bloodstained sofa, you know, and uh, hid rugs in the locked up storage unit. See, that's the tough part. It's hard to find a good sofa, you know? <laughs> I, I just had to do that when I moved. I had to buy a new sofa. It's hard to find a good sofa. So you ruin, th- these guys should have made like a Dexter style clean room, you know? Like Dexter, he knew what he was doing. Like Dexter could yeah. make a, he could kill someone anywhere and it's not gonna have blood everywhere, you know? It's not gonna be blood splatter because he's like gonna make a clean room. That's what these guys should have done. Although that would probably freak out somebody you met at the bar. <laughs> just um, walk. Just walk. Just bring someone home and walk in. And it's like, why is there plastic everywhere? Yeah, this, this whole place is covered in plastic. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm just a very clean person. Um, so the, uh, the prosecutor here told the court that these guys just went on their daily lives as if nothing untoward had happened. You well, know? Some, sometimes you have to come compartmentalize things you know that's why i think if you're a sociopath it's a lot easier you know neither man like even felt any guilt or remorse or panicked you know during the dismemberment or afterwards when they're hiding body parts and concealing body parts around the city um and the other weird thing is they didn't even break up over this you know (laughs) (laughs) nor did they go you know they didn't never went their separate ways and uh one of them didn't agree with the other you know, everything they did showed them to be acting together and doing everything necessary. You know, I like to think that one of them was just like really pissed off about how messy the apartment was <laughs> after the murder. You ruined my couch. Yeah. Like I could see that just one of them just like super upset about it. It's like you could have told me you were bringing home a murder victim. Um, now this- we need to find another couch that perfectly matches this coffee table. And a rug, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, there, there should have been a little ordeal. more forethought. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, I mean, they acted together to hide these horrific acts from being discovered. That's what I'm saying. Strong bond between this couple. And, and you know, a strong relationship, you need, you need key behaviors like communication, intimacy, trust. You know, I wish I had a bond like that with my ex. You know, it's probably why we broke up. She refused to kill lesbians with me. <laughs> do you do you have, have any bonds with your with your partners like this? Strong bonds. 
Uh, nothing along those lines, no. <laughs> <laughs> the closest thing that I have to that is me and my current partner. We, uh, one of the things we initially bonded over was the fact that she was really into the movie, like the early 90s animated movie Rock a Doodle, which hmm. I don't she, even know that one. Yeah, apparently she had never met anyone else who had actually even heard of it, but I remember watching the shit out of that movie on VHS when I was like seven. <laughs> it starts with rock a doodle it goes into murdering lesbians just yep. to watch that's the progression keep an eye out for my name in the headlines <laughs> for killing lesbians you know i'm surprised we haven't seen like a sick and wrong caller in any headlines over the years we probably right. have and i just didn't know because we we give them fake names you know i i've been kind of a uh like i i have bpd so i've been like kind of what, a what does that mean uh, oh, bipolar or borderline you know, oh. borderline personality disorder yeah um so i have bpd so i've been kind of a depressed person off and on like minute to minute for years now but i've always thought that like if i was actually gonna like commit suicide i would probably call the sick and wrong hotline and do it <laughs> well, well thank you for that very thoughtful <laughs> <laughs> not Stay recommended tuned. to do this at home people all right <laughs> Um, moving on here. Second story. Um, man allegedly gunned down mother of his child while disguised in blackface and a fake beard. Um, Alyssa wow. Burkett, who shared a one-year-old daughter with Andrew Beard. That's kind of funny. This guy, his last name is Beard. Um, anyway, uh, they shared a one-year-old daughter. Alyssa had been awarded custody just days before she was shot and stabbed in the parking lot of her workplace. So this Texas Shoot, man wait, shot and stabbed. Yeah, no, this guy's thorough. You know, you're wow. gonna do this dude. This is this is the type of guy you want to have working for you because he's gonna finish the job. You know, reliable. Wow. Um, a Texas man has been accused of disguising himself in blackface and a fake beard before fatally shooting the mother of his young child outside her workplace. He's kind of like Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. Remember <laughs> Tropic of Thunder? Oh yeah. Oh, is it yes. Tropic? It's Tropic Thunder. Tropic of Thunder, I think, was a Tom Cruise racing movie, right? Uh, uh, Tropic Thunder and Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. All right, all right. See, I need someone like you to correct me on this. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Tropic Thunder is the one where Robert Downey Jr. played like a, or he was like an actor in blackface playing like a, another actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was like so method. That's what I wonder is how method this killer got in, like how, how method he was with it. Like he had to have practiced. Like, I wonder if he like, you know, was eating at like the local Popeye's listening to Wu-Tang Clan, you know, going to black strip clubs or something. Yeah. So clearly this killer did not go full retard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe was he like talking like Samuel Jackson in Pulp Fiction? Um, <laughs> You know, speaking of Wu-Tang, there's a Wu-Tang pop-up store right up the street that just, it's only open this weekend. I don't know what they have there, but I'm going to, after this recording, I'm going to walk over to the Wu-Tang pop-up store. Um, that's that's a thing they do in LA. So it's like these random. little pop-up stores. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it, <laughs> I saw it in, uh, when I was looking for articles, I'm like, Wu-Tang has a pop-up store. What would they sell there? I don't know. I'll find out. I'll take pictures. Post it. T-shirts? Post it to the Discord. 
So Andrew Charles Beard here, 33 years old, has been charged with murder after police said he shot and repeatedly stabbed his 24-year-old ex-wife, Alyssa Burkett, the mother of his one-year-old daughter. This happened on October 2nd. The pair wow. had, had- Divorced a, at 24. Yeah. <laughs> Then wow. six, well, this guy sounds like a fucking asshole. The pair had been embroiled in a contentious custody battle for the child leading up to this deadly attack. And Burkett had been awarded custody of the child on September 30th, just a couple of days before she was killed. Not surprised she got full custody because the husband sounds like an insane racist. You know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but thorough. Yeah, so. but, but he finishes the job. Uh, Burkett's mother, her current boyfriend... Um, and a coworker all told police that she had been afraid of Beard and was worried that, quote, he was going to kill her. But none of them thought he'd do it in blackface. <laughs> you know, who would have thought that was coming? <laughs> you know, no no uh, one would have known that. Um, do we know why he did the blackface thing? Like, was well, he trying to hide racist. his identity? Yeah. I think he was trying to hide his identity and, and do the whole, like, a black guy did it, you know? Definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely a racist thing to do. The kind um, of thing that would have worked, like you know, like sixty years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, who knows in this day and age? True. Um, authorities recalled the apartment complex at nine fifteen a.m. October second and arrived to discover Burkett on the front steps of uh, of her office. I guess she was a she worked at like a uh, apartment leasing office, and she was on the front steps mm. being treated by her coworkers. It appears. She had suffered a gunshot wound to the head and multiple stab wounds to her torso and arms. She died at the scene. So wow. that's what I'm saying. This guy, he was like, not only did he shoot her in the head, he stabbed her repeatedly. Very, yeah. This, very thorough. Th yeah, this guy was really trying to get the job done. <laughs> exactly. Like, He's like, shit. didn't trust the, you know, the bullets of the head. He's like, I'm going to make sure that this woman is dead. Um. So a coworker told police that she had been inside the leasing office when she looked outside and she saw a black vehicle blasting the song Juicy by the Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> it came to a quick stop outside the office window and she saw a man dressed in all black wearing a thick gold chain. Get out of the view. Right, I'm, I'm joking about that. <laughs> I'm like, wow, he's really trying to sell the whole thing. He's, he's really method here. He's getting into it. Um, she saw, he was wearing all black, and he was driving a black vehicle. Um, that would have been great, though, if he was playing Juicy. It's a great song. Um, Drinking a grape soda. <laughs> just like a 40-old English or something. But she saw him get out of the vehicle, walk towards Burkett's vehicle, which had been parked in front of the office, and he just started shooting at the driver's side, just right through the driver's side window. Um, two, uh, two other witnesses believed that the attacker was a black male after they saw the side of his face. Um, but police would later examine Beard as a suspect after talking with the victim's friends and family. So before Burkett was killed, before the woman was killed, she told her boyfriend that she believed Beard had been tracking her because he seemed to always know where she was, which is fucking weird. Like, who does wow. that? And I wouldn't even, like, that's the one thing it's, you know, I've never even cared enough about an ex to track them, <laughs> you know? I can't, no. But this guy, <laughs> this guy was putting tracking devices, like attaching them to the bottom of her car. And he put another one on her, on her boyfriend's vehicle. Who is like, this guy? Like fucking Batman? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's probably Batman villain if you think about it. Um, but yeah, could you imagine like you're dating a... I don't know. It depends on how long I'm in this relationship. 
Because I don't usually deal with ex-boyfriend shenanigans. You know, if, mm-hmm. if she's in like, you know, dating the psychotic ex, I'm probably just going to be like, all right, the guy's wearing blackface. He's putting trackers on my vehicle. I think I'm going to go back on Tinder. <laughs> meet someone else yeah yeah i usually take like the whole like crazy x thing as a red flag that oh maybe i should just stay clear <laughs> well you know i would never have been in this situation anyway she has got a one-year-old kid that, that's like the first red flag for me you know yeah <laughs> so i want to yeah i would have been like this this never would have happened um so uh during a search of uh beard's home the suspect's home they found uh, similar tracking devices. So this guy had like a bunch of these things. I don't even know. Where do you buy these? Can you just buy them online? Like on Amazon or something? No idea. Maybe on the dark web. A tracking device? Probably Spencer's gifts. Imagine. <laughs> so uh, they, they found his F-150. He's driving this uh, SUV. Um, inside the car, they found two bottles of a dark brown liquid foundation makeup, partially burned makeup wipes with brown residue, suggesting Beard may have used a foundation to darken his complexion as part of the disguise. Uh, they found black boots, a smell of bleach, a serrated kitchen knife, and a flathead screwdriver. Did he stab her with a screwdriver? I was really hoping that this guy had used just, like, straight-up, like, shoe polish to, <laughs> to darken his Just old-school blackface. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, this guy was doing it like uh, Robert Downey Jr. Like, he was doing the full thing. I just wonder, did he do his hands or did he wear gloves? You know, I just wonder how, how, uh, he, I mean, he's thorough. This guy's hey, thorough. If the, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit, right? <laughs> well, that, yeah, he's even driving an SUV. Oh, it was a 2004 <laughs> Ford Expedition. That's what, uh, that's what he was driving. So, yeah, you know, that's the thing. This guy, I would say he probably went like the, you know, the full nine yards, like the whole thing. Like, you know, that he probably spoke like a black guy, like looked like a black guy, probably had a, like a wig on. He, knew, he was thorough, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so they discovered his car near an alley entrance that appeared, they discovered a car that appeared to have been abandoned. Um, when they contacted the registered owner of the vehicle, the woman told police that she sold the vehicle on Craigslist to a white male with a face covering and a ball cap. That's the thing with COVID. You, everyone's got their face covered now. Guy paid right. two grand for it. Uh, took the title and just drove away. Um, after reviewing surveillance footage, investigators saw someone parking this SUV in the alley where it was recovered about 30 minutes after the uh, murder occurred. And so they, they uh, inside the vehicle, they found the, a dark-colored prosthetic beard with brown makeup, and uh, yeah, that's how they tied it to him. But that's the thing. It's like you'd think this guy shot the woman in the head, stabbed her, you know, did the whole thing with the blackface and everything. Why not torch the vehicle? Get rid of the evidence, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've gone you've gone through uh, through all of this. Like, why why stop now, right? Yeah, that that's that's the thing that maybe would make me not want to hire him as an employee. Like he is I like thorough. to think that this I like to think that this beard that he's wearing is straight up just one of those like cheap like abe lincoln beards with like the little hooks that you hook around your ears I w- <laughs> no i think he had something i think he, i would like to see him with like more of like a fred sanford beard you know like kind of stubble or something yeah yeah i don't yeah i don't know they don't, i'm hoping i find a picture of this guy in the uh you know in the black face i want to um, see video of this dude yeah well there's surveillance footage uh yeah. Do you think he was like walking with like a swagger? 
Um, Beard was taken into custody and charged with the murder. Uh, The couple's child is currently in protective custody with the Texas Child Protective Services and will probably need years of therapy. Um, If if you were a one-year-old kid, your dad did this to your, you know, murdered your mother like this in blackface, would you attend your dad's execution? Because it's in Texas. He's going to be executed. Absolutely. You would? Like, it's probably going to be 20 years from now. Because he'll be on death row for like 20 years. So you would show up and just... Would you Would you make contact beforehand or would you just show up at the execution? Well, I mean, like personally, my dad was never there for me. Not because he was in jail for killing my mom or anything oh. like that. But he was just... <laughs> That's a good thing. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was never there, but like... Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I would. I would... Uh, uh, well, you would, would make contact before the execution, like over the years leading up to, because he would probably be on death row for like 20 years. I, I would make contact just to be like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Also, <laughs> can I borrow some money since you're dying anyway? <laughs> you should just show up at the execution in blackface. Right? <laughs> <laughs> People, send your story, Podcast at gmail.com. We have some phone calls come up next, 323-522-4032. Uh, but first, here's a word from Adam and Eve. It's Butt Plug Month on AdamandEve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. So we got a few phone calls to get to. 323-522-4032 is the number of the Sick and Wrong Drunk Dial line. Remember, people keep it under three minutes, and we'll play it here on the show. Uh, you can also, uh, some people have been sending us uh, calls over Facebook. So you can do that too, uh, you know, people that are listening in England or other countries. Um, and you can email MP3s. There's, there's many, many ways you can uh, send us your drunk dial line stories. Uh, so this first one here is from James, who's calling in with some conspiracy theories. Yo, Q-Nine. what up, sick and wrong? It's James calling in from London. Long-time listener. Called a couple times. Just calling to say I'm genuinely gutted to hear about Harrison not returning. Real, real bad news there. Um... But the obvious question is why? The conspiracy theories are sure to roll in. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean of course. The top one's got to be yeah. that he's actually killed himself finally, but that D can't admit to it because he feels too guilty because you forgot to hide his bag of sex toys, ropes, and chains. And you can't admit <laughs> the guilt, so just can't confess. <laughs> that is likely. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I probably wouldn't say anything anyway. Um, but, you know, I think he had like a, a deal with one of his, uh, I think it was my friend Lenora, to go to his house and, and discard or take the suitcase away so his mom didn't see it. Man, you could make so much money auctioning that shit off, like <laughs> to just people on the Discord. <laughs> Harrison's used sex toys? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Another possibility is obviously that he's finally been harvested for his adrenochrome, having revealed the power of his pineal gland over so many insightful conversations on sick and wrong. You know, that is that actually is sounds valid. I'm sure there's a few fans out there, like Marshall Island Tony or someone (laughs) who try to like kidnap Harrison and uh yeah, take his adrenochrome. Um 
my favourite conspiracy theory blowing up Reddit at the moment is that he's actually moved to the Marshall Islands with Marshall Islands <laughs> to get in on that sweet action that he's been pretending for so long that he's not that into. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Does he think that, like, they got together? Because that oh. would be amazing. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Brokeback Marshall Islands or something. That would be amazing if that ever happened. It's like all that hate that Harrison has had uh, against Marshall Island Tony for however long is just like sexual tension. Yeah, it's a sexual tension over the years. There's the possibility that he's finally cracked that chaos magic and transported himself to a dimension populated by nothing but goose feathers. <laughs> oh. Either way, all of them sound a good deal better than moving to the UK at the moment, which from where I'm sitting is an absolute shithole in a bad way. Although I guess it's all a matter of perspective, which would be the response from many of our American comrades. You know, I've heard that from a lot of people, that the UK just kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, I've been there. I enjoy it. I've, I've always thought it was fun, but I liked it. But I mean, it's it's a weird... I mean, it's kind of like the US now with fucking Trump. It's like Boris Johnson's a piece of shit, too. And uh, you have like, you know... I mean, it's all fucked up with the COVID rates and things like that and the misinformation. So I imagine it's probably kind of a fucked up place to live too, you know? I feel like everywhere is kind of fucked up right now. Well, apparently not Victoria. You guys can go to bars. <laughs> Touche. Touche. Um, but no, D, in all seriousness, you have lost an absolute real one there. Uh, to my mind, Harrison elevated the show with his amazing mad knowledge about bonkers stuff and... He's really sort of like intelligent humor as well, which obviously you can't provide to anywhere near the same degree. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no <clears throat> way I can reach that level of intelligence. <laughs> wow. And to be fair, he said that he's worried that we're taking entertainment from him falling apart. And it's probably true. But if we did, it's only to deflect from the gaping, empty vastness in our own black souls. So... There is that, and that's what we come to sick and wrong for, after all. Um, so who's going to take over? That's the big question. I'll be looking, keeping an that's eye out the on question. jobs.com for you advertising the job specification. The two things that I'd ask is that it's someone that you don't fancy, D, because listening to you flirt with that English girl from the band the other day sounded like watching a 90s rom-com with Jennifer Aniston. Um, <laughs> Also, that it's someone who knows nothing about rare vinyl records because that way the Patreon won't be back-to-back -back outtakes of you guys talking about, have you got this 7-inch? Um, that's me and Harrison. What's it going for on Discogs? <laughs> well, no, me and Harrison, that's kind of what we did in a lot of outtakes is going through, maybe he's referring to that, but that's what we go through is like discuss you know, which records you know, we found, you came across on disc Discogs you know, and eBay and shit like that, but... Yeah, those got fucking boring but, sometimes. But that's I'm why not it's called. Lie. Yeah, but that's why it's called a fucking outtake, you prick. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's an outtake from the show that we're it's us shooting the shit before you actually record. That's why we don't play it on the podcast. It's an outtake. Yeah, I, I find it really funny where people are like, you know, uh, listen to these outtakes. Some guy commented like Harrison really kept D on track with the outtakes. It's like. There's a fucking outtake. There's no track. Yeah, there's nothing to keep on track. <laughs> there is no track. idiots. Yeah, it's funny with people's expectations, but whatever. Yeah. The important thing, though, is that finally, now Harrison's gone, it's pretty good news, because we can return to back-to-back -back shit stories, 
and people can start finally phoning in with stories about how they expand their foreskins again. So that's me, R.I.P. Harrison. I'm going to go and have a meth toot and a asphyxia wank in your memory. Long live the dead. <laughs> you know, that that's the thing. Um, obviously, we're going to... I'm going to relaunch Sick and Wrong 3.0. The show's been gone on forever, you know, 15 years. And, yeah. uh, you know, Wackley brought something to the show. Harrison brought something to the show. And the next co-host will bring their own thing to the show. Some people will like it. Some people, obviously, like this guy probably won't. Um, you know, but it's you know, the fact of the matter is the show will keep going. I mean, at the end of the day, like, Sick and Wrong is your show. Like, I've been listening since, like, 2013. So, like, I, I've seen some of the or listen to some of the Wackerly era and all of the Harrison era but like at the end of the day like it's your show <laughs> yeah I mean that's the thing it was my idea I started it back in 2006 and yeah. for some reason I've just kept it going I don't know why I think it's like a masochistic <laughs> thing personally because <laughs> there's not that much of a reward you get people in here like that guy calling in <laughs> that, that that's my general thought about like why i keep listening because <laughs> like my first show that i listened to was like back in early 2013 and you had like the guy who wrote the semen cookbook oh yeah on... fuck that guy you, you and, know what's... <laughs> and i'm like i'm like did you make what? any of the recipes <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, you know some like maybe some on uh, some like late night grinder expeditions but i don't know if i ever talked about this guy but uh like probably like six months after i did that interview with the guy he was like a a nurse like an emergency room nurse or something or like a head nurse at some hospital and That's so he, terrifying yeah well he was invited he had just done a second book about like uh, semen cocktails, like making semen, like mixed drinks, like cocktails. And uh, he was invited on that show, Doctors, which is like a, you know, daytime talk show with doctors. And he was invited okay. on it to like talk about the book and, uh, you know, and, and make a drink. And so he reached out to me <laughs> asking, because he said, I can't do it because I can't reveal my identity and lose my job. So he's like, would you go on the show? You know, you might have to make a drink, but it would be your own semen. And I was Wait, like, he said this to you? Yeah, he was because I live in LA. And I mean, I'm not that far from the studio. And he was wow. like, yeah, would you go on and do this? And they put me in contact with the producer. Like the producer emailed me asking if I would do it. And I was like, you know, I'll come on the show and talk about interviewing him. She's like, well, you'd have to make one of the recipes. I was like, I'm not going to drink my own semen on live TV. Although I was tempted because that would have been hilarious. But Did I was they, just, uh, would yeah. you have been able to like produce the semen on the air? <laughs> I think what cocktail? I think what she was saying was uh, I would come with like you know my own semen in a jar and then or in like come a vat with your own semen yeah, in would, a jar. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> and then I would make a drink like a Manhattan or something and like pour the cum in it, mix it up, and just drink it on air and be like, yeah, it's one of his recipes. <laughs> I was just like, first of all, why would I do this? I'm promoting right? someone else's book. <laughs> but it was just funny the way this guy actually rec like was like you know you do a show called sick and wrong maybe you'll drink your semen on national television <laughs> okay um <laughs> oh that's <laughs> wow. but anyway uh thank you for calling in you know a lot of people have been saying like sick and wrong is going to be back to being sick and wrong again you know it's like people fuck your expectations you know the show's going to keep going on regardless 
So whatever whatever sick and wrong is right now is sick and wrong. Yeah, it's always been sick and wrong. So yeah, you'll enjoy it or you won't. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Um, next call we have here is this guy who uh, his name is High Walker. He's a DJ, um, and he's this guy's proper fucked off his tits. Yeah, yeah, it's me again. It's 12 hours since I last did the drunk hotline. I thought I was going to smoke to spliff today. I thought I was going to pass myself out, but I didn't. I got one mate to drop me off 10 more beers, and I got one more left. And I've wow. gone through way Dang. too much dust. But... Did he say dust? I don't know. I'm having a hard time understanding him. I just heard, like, 10 more beers, and I'm down to one. 10 more beers? And uh, some dust, just smoke some dust. It, dust, if I'm correct here, is PCP, right? The sherm. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's I've amazing. actually never, I've never done PCP. Oh, you've never dusted? I've, I've uh, smoked, I had a bag that was dusted. And uh, the guy, like I remember, so he's like, you can buy the regular weed or you can buy some dusted weed. And so we are just like, let's buy the dusted weed. And yeah, it fucks you up. This is only this is the only drug I've ever felt where I was like, I could lose control. Like I could end up naked on a barbed wire fence in a field somewhere. You know, it's the, like uh, the, yeah, the the Tina effect meth. Yeah. Well, <laughs> meth. I mean, I've smoked a lot of meth. I've done a lot of meth, and meth wasn't the same degree as like PCP, where you're just like fucking insane. Like way way more potent than LSD too. You know, Jesus. Um, but this guy, ten beers and uh, and doing some dust. That's why I'm ringing the drunk line again, innit? it? So, um, I said all that shit about Harrison before. Like, the reason I haven't even rang him before, yeah? Because I've been listening a long time. I've wanted to ring him bare times. I got, I got the number saved on my phone just in case. I get so wow. fucked. I'm like, you know who I want to ring? He's got you on speed dial, <laughs> We're dude. on speed dial. You know, there, there's quite a few people that do that. It's like, I'm going to get fucked up to the level that I'm actually going to call into this stupid podcast. <laughs> it's great. Thank you for thinking of us. I want to ring D and tell him, but I'll never get like this. And because this is one of the first times I'm on my own, and I wanted to say about other. <laughs> what did he move out of his like parents' house or something? <laughs> it's like on his yeah, own. Like, yeah, I was just wondering. Like, is he newly single or <laughs> celebrating his independence with a call to the Sikorong hotline? <laughs> uh, you should be it. proud. Yeah, but it's twelve hours later, and like I say, I'm another ten beers down. <laughs> and it took him twelve hours I don't to even think up. how much <laughs> to how much that stuff I'm down. But I thought I'd eat do another one. I ain't gonna take it over three minutes either because I know you guys are fucking horrible about that. But the reason I haven't done it before is because, yeah, you see, I'm fed up with you guys laughing at it. Yeah? <laughs> hey, I, I mean, it sounds like Ollie G, kind of. Wait, he's fed up at us laughing at calls? Isn't that the point? I mean,. That's why I call in. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't want to be bullied. But. <laughs> needs must, needs must, and I've emailed before. All right, that's call a first. Call another fucking podcast then, dude. Well, that's a first. I don't think we've ever been accused of being bullies. 
to, to callers. <laughs> I think more, you know, we're we're laughing with you is is the way I've always thought. Uh, Call you know? Joe Rogan's fucking podcast. No, that guy's a bully. I don't. Yeah, he doesn't have it. Could you imagine if that guy had a call in line? There'd be so many assholes calling that dude. <laughs> Never ragged apart from the audio one, and it's it's high walker. Yeah, if anyone in the UK actually knows who I am, don't watch me on this. Yeah, just <laughs> just follow me. It's like don't judge me for listening to this podcast. Just you know, listen to my uh, music. <laughs> to my music and that, but no. I think he's a DJ. High walker, reporting in, telling you. I'm probably gonna regret sending this. Everyone does. But the first you know how it is wavy. Let's get some buds. Let's get some willy wet. Let's drink a few more wave beaters. Let's. Hey. Yeah. Now nah, this one's for you, D. Big ups to the D, man. Right. They all say keep it sick, sick, keep it wrong. Yeah. Nah. You are sick, you are wrong. Don't change, man. Oh, you blessing things. This guy's so positive and uplifting, you know? He, he's positive and uplifting while simultaneously sounding like a fucking moron. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say that. He's on like a bunch of dust and drink 10 beers. I think he kind of he has that like Ali G kind of uh, accent to me. Yeah, what accent is that exactly? Like what like part the of chav, the UK? London Chav, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> like, he sounds like he's uh, you know independent, living in the council home, and uh, the council housing or whatever, and uh, calling sick and wrong for the first time. Hopefully, the first of many. Um, thank you, there, High Walker. And uh, clarify, what is it? What what is the dust? Like, what's dust in the UK? Like, is it Sherm? Is it PCP? I'm I'm curious. Also, um, congrats on moving out of your parents' house. Yeah, into the... Uh, I wonder <laughs> if he went own. from one council house into another. <laughs> um, final call we have here is uh, from uh, a famous listener, FM, with a pandemic update. Uh, hello, uh, this is uh, FM again. Uh, I wanted to make another call to tell you about a few uh, little updates that to me are very uh, positive in terms of my quest to gain more uh, social, uh, social ability in uh, these certain times. He's making it sound like a video game. He's <laughs> <laughs> the first level is, you know, is to talk to a woman. You know, it's like it, second level is, you know, to, uh, to, to win a bingo game. It's like um, he's running around the map, just like collecting collectibles, <laughs> social collectibles. I wonder who the big boss is. I said earlier that I've gone to an anime club, and I met a few <laughs> nice people there. The uh, anime club. A few club. of them had actually um, invited me to one of my first ever D&D games. Uh, Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons. Oh, Just no. Case, uh, it wasn't oh. really... Be careful, FM. <laughs> oh, He's getting Jesus into Christ. a Dungeons and Dragons club. <laughs> uh, I like FM, but this is just like this is getting better and better. Yeah, yeah, no, this is like so. This has got to be like level four or something. Dungeons and Dragons Club. That's uh, above <laughs> anime. Understood. And even though it was a bit uh, daunting, I was able to 
open up my imagination uh, a little bit and gain. I wonder what his character's name is. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't fucking play Dungeons I and bet you it's like a paladin or a cleric, you know, named Harley. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, FM, you gotta let us know who your, what your character's name is. Sort of a uh, rapport, if you will, with a few of those uh, people. Later on, actually, I even got to do a, a few things, like house sit for one of them, spending a few days in a nice large house. Uh, they went on a camping trip, and I was able to watch their dogs. They were very, very trusting. Um, and beyond that, uh, the little third thing that I was able to do with them lovingly is that they brought me to a uh, fruit farm. It's a fruit farm like a <laughs> Wait, FM's like going crazy here. So he's he's <clears throat> playing Dungeon Anime Club, led to a Dungeons and Dragons. It's like a gateway drug here. Dungeons and Dragons, house sitting, and now he's in like a fruit club? Or a fruit <laughs> farm? What was it? A fruit, fruit farm? Fruit Yeah, like that's one of these things is not like the other. Like <laughs> anime <laughs> or FM is really branching out here, you know? Farm, they call it, and they brought me on this trip, them and about four of the people, and I was able to understand. I would be wary of anybody being like, "Hey, I'm going to take you out to someone you just met." It's like, "I'm going to take you out to this fruit farm." I don't know. Yeah, I, I, that just raises some alarms. Yeah, that's how you end up. Uh, that that's how a lesbian ends up yeah. at the uh, being dismembered. Exactly, the flat of, exactly. of horrors. <laughs> yeah, all of these wonderful products. These I was able to spend my money on things like freshly canned pumpkin. There was uh, fresh apple butter, and I was able to get good, like, artisanal cheeses, like smoked hey, doesn't, doesn't he really like baking? <laughs> yeah, I think he's, like, really into, like, cooking or baking or something. He's like a chef. Um, yeah. did, did he go to a farmer's market? So sounds it sounds like, like yeah. to me, yeah. It's like with, like, like special cheeses and things. It's really funny. It's like It's like FM has been living, you know, in like Fritzl's basement for the past 20 years. And like he's finally released because, uh, you know, his his mom ended up like alerting the hospital staff that she's been abused and raped by her father for the past 20 years. And so he's finally <laughs> released into the into the wild and discovering the world again. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I can kind of relate. I, I had a very uh, uh, sheltered childhood and like I... I kind of escaped when I was like maybe like 14 or so. And it just immediately I was like, all right, going to parties, like snorting rails and like, <laughs> oh, well, you, just went, you were kind of like rumspring of like with the Amish, you know, you're just uh, like, I'm going to go crazy and fucking start like smoking crack. Yeah. You know, basically drinking Jack Daniels. Yeah. I, I went from being like a, like socially awkward, like dipshit kid watching, you know, fucking beast wars and <laughs> reboot to immediately just like, you know, at parties, like, did you ever join a Dungeons and Dragons club though? No. <laughs> I, okay. So like, I am a dude in his mid thirties who podcasts about fucking nineties cartoons, which I admit, like make all the jokes you want, about that, but like, <laughs> I don't like fucking Dungeons and Dragons. It's, it's yeah, I know you're not one it's to comment on shit. it. You know, it's <laughs> it's funny to me that how uh, popular it is. Like, you know, Brian Posehn does a podcast called Nerd Poker. 
and he like plays Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, with like other comedians. But there's this uh, there's this girl that I used to work with at the strip club back in the day, and she was like she did porn. Um, her name is Satine, and she did porn back in the day. But now she's got this fucking huge video podcast about Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, I forget who's on it. There's like a, a couple famous guys on it. She makes a ton of money. She like, wow. you know, they they do it live like on Wednesday nights. I, for, I forget the name of the show, but I see her post about it on Instagram. And I'm like, wow, from like porn star to like nerd poker star. You know, yeah, it's, that, that's yeah. the progression right there. Well, I, it's just weird to me that uh, it's that popular now where like, you know, in L.A., like nerd cosplay girls are all like, I'm going to dress up as like an elf wizard and play fucking Dungeons and Dragons. Well, I like when I was a um, like when I was younger living, I, I haven't always lived in Victoria, but like when I was younger living up island, uh, I was always kind of the like like I was always kind of the nerd of the group. Like that's how I was viewed in but my group Dungeons of friends. Dungeons and Dragons level nerd. Yeah, and so like I always considered myself to be like, oh, I'm this like geeky guy. But then I moved to Victoria, and I actually start meeting like Dungeons and Dragons nerds, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> they put me no. to shame. <laughs> like, yeah, basically, I'm like, I grew up like you know like reading comic books and shit like that, but like, <laughs> this is a whole nother level. I mean, wow. you know, whatever, whatever blows your dress up, that's fine. But yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of other things I'd rather do than play Dungeons and Dragons with strangers. Sage mozzarella and all of these wonderful tiny little things, even though it was still a little bit daunting having to stay uh, socially distant and cognizant of hand washing and touching and disinfecting a lot of uh, major items. Alongside that and the usual things I've had to do, starting certain IT work and technical support, I wanted to just make this call to put a little... You know, he would probably be a good IT guy because a lot of IT guys are really just kind of bitter and sarcastic, you know? You know what I'm talking I don't know if you work with a lot of IT guys, but it's like you'll ask them, like, I can't log into this VPN or something, and they just give you some condescending remark about why, you know, your user error, like, or they love to say that, like... Oh, well, this looks like UE to me. And I'm like, UE, what do you, what do you mean? I thought, that, you know, there's something wrong with my machine. And he's like, user error. And I'm like, oh, fuck you. you yeah, prick. stop using like yeah. fucking jargon to people who but like are FM, in your field. But FM, I bet you would actually genuinely be like a compassionate IT guy. Also, you know? I want, also, I wonder like his socially distanced D&D game. Was he like, was like, were they playing at a table? Like the fucking like dinner table at, Wayne Manor, like space, in Tim Burton's Batman. No, Just I bet like, you they're doing it in Zoom. That's how they. Yeah. I think that's how they do it. They do like they do it in Zoom rooms. God, <laughs> or they like masturbate with a handful of glass. Date and say that this is probably alongside the things on the Discord have been one of the most, I guess, ironically enough, happiest times uh, in my life. <laughs> and like I always do, try and end the call with another. Uh, goal uh, in mind. I know that later on they said they wanted to try and send me to a uh, to a corn maze, which is happening <laughs> a little bit later on in terms of late October and maybe November. And hope. Whoa, that's advanced. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> could you imagine if like FM just gets lost in the corn maze and we never hear from him again? That's what I'm kind of wondering. It's like, are they sending him to the corn maze in the hopes that he never comes back? FM, you need to watch Children of the Corn. Be careful. I mean, I uh, can, bring a chainsaw. Uh, feel myself to not really get lost and be in around a lot more people. Uh, that's all I wanted to say. Uh, keep it sick. Uh, uh, keep it wrong. And uh, thank you once again for letting me talk. <laughs> you know, FM's like the only guy having a good year this year. Everybody's like, 2020 sucks. You know, it's just like such a shitty year. Except for FM's like, I'm. this is my happy times. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, that guy is one of my favorite callers. It's always good to hear from you, FM. And uh, you good luck with the corn maze. That's gonna. That's like, I mean, that's like some advanced level Halloween shit. I didn't think they were even doing that stuff. I thought Halloween was like canceled this year. That's what I thought too, but like. A socially not. distanced corn maze. Yeah. Oh. Just one person per maze. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, people call the Sigma Hotline, 323-522-4032. Uh, we got an email from CB who wrote in, that fool you had on the show, Richard Van Steenberg, is mentally ill. Are you just <laughs> mocking him? D, it harms you when you allow a guest to waste everyone's time like this. <laughs> Listening to Richard is very frustrating for me. That interview could be used in a medical school class covering the subject of delusional thinking and how to engage a mental patient like him. I know that I don't matter much at all, but still I'm expressing this opinion as <laughs> feedback or audience reaction. It's rare that your podcast makes me feel so hostile. <laughs> I know that I don't matter much at all. I, I'm just amazed that someone could get that riled from it. And it's right. like, wow. Yeah. You know, you can always it, skip past the interview. If you like did it. the guy listen to, like, the fucking, like, uh, lizard people, like, time-traveling presidential candidates? Oh, like... yeah, Basiago. That gave us great. I actually, that Richard Van Steenberg, you know, he's got, like, 30,000 followers on Twitter. There's a lot of people wow. that like to hear him speak. Um, so it was good, you know, it was good exposure for the show. Uh, but also I just, I, I just was like entertained by how, how convinced he was, you know, about, about these theories, like how much he believed them. No, like, I, yeah, I, I think he is honestly like, he's one of my favorite people that you've interviewed on the show. <laughs> Why? Cause this guy's just completely mental. <laughs> Yeah, and like he was like the dude believed. Oh yeah, no, he like he, he was a true believer in, in believer. his uh, crackpot shit. And you know, I uh, had to edit it down for the show because I'm kind of, I, I like normally I just do like a 20 minute interview or so, but this guy was so wacky that I just kind of like just let him go, ask him all sorts of questions. So I I put the unedited interview on Patreon where he's going into like. All this, these theories about you know flying and and targeting aliens and three point formations, and then like talking about the aliens colonizing other planets. Like the dude is so heavy. I, mean, I just kind of was like, you know what? I'm gonna let this guy go. See where see what happens. So this um, guy watched a lot of ancient aliens and just took that shit as gospel. Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. But anyway, thank you for the feedback, CB. Um, I already said Sick and Wrong 3.0 is coming in the near future. Made that announcement. There's going to be a new co-host. It's going to be an entirely new show. 
I'm thinking of launching it on Halloween because, you know, Halloween's canceled this year, so you might as well have one good thing happen. So Sick and Wrong 3.0 is coming in the near future. Stay tuned. Um, best way to support the show is by becoming a Sick and Wrong patron. I do appreciate that. Patreon.com slash Sick and Wrong. Um, yeah, we're, we're, you know, this week I'm planning on sending out T-shirts. I know I've been, uh, I've been trying to get, you know, people I've emailed you, so respond with your address and your shirt size. Um, but yeah, I'm going to send out t-shirts this week. And when 3.0 launches, we're actually going to do a full revamp of the Patreon with new rewards for each tier, new shit. Oh, nice. Be sending out. Yeah. There's gonna be yeah. a lot of stuff coming. Um, a lot of exciting stuff happening for Patreon. Yeah. I've um, been a pa- patron for quite a while now. Oh, thank at you least there, a, Christopher. At least like, at least like a year or two now. I oh. think. Cool. I appreciate that. Um, also, this, I don't know if you heard in, in an outtake we did uh, this week, uh, we discussed the backstory of the guy with the huge cock. You know, that became a meme. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I saw. I haven't listened to it yet, uh, but I saw it. Pretty interesting story with that guy. He's, a, he's what's known as a bull in the cuckold scene. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you get yeah. that guy to come over and, and, and cuckold you and you know while he fucks your wife or whatever. But he, yeah, while but he, he's while, in San while he fucks your wife, jizzes in her pussy, and then you like lick it all Slurp up. Slurp it out. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this guy like is from San Francisco. He was like a bouncer at a bar, but he's got like a fucking massive dick. Could you imagine like having that guy? Like, I mean, I don't know. I understand like you get off on the cuckolding thing, but that guy would just like humiliate you <laughs> his dick is as big as like most people's like legs you know anyway it's an interesting story about that guy um he's dead you know i can't even imagine being fucked by that thing like jesus christ <laughs> um so go check it out patreon.com slash sick and wrong uh we also have a new t public store which um we launched just a couple of weeks ago but i resurrected all the old sick and wrong t designs and they got all sorts of like um, extra merch like banners and coasters and stickers and shit. So just go to stickeroundpodcast.com slash shop and uh, click on one of the links and go check out the new T Public store. Uh, finally here, the Stickerong song of the week, I wanted something thematic. So I found out that there's a musical about Bat Boy, the iconic character from uh, the Weekly World News. And it's an American rock musical that uh, I guess premiered in like 1997. Um, and it's, uh, it has a book... That was written by Keith Farley and a guy named Brian Fleming and uh, with music and lyrics by a guy named Lawrence O'Keefe. And it's all based on this 1992 Weekly World News story about a half-boy, half-bat, dubbed Bat Boy, who grew up living in a cave. Uh, so we're going to end oh, the show I... here with a song called Hold Me, Bat Boy uh, from the Bat Boy, the musical. Um, also, uh, people, go check out the Weekly World News Kickstarter Donate a little money. I would like to bring that back as uh, if, if we can, because it's that, that was like seriously a, a, one of the, I think a highlight of uh, the printing, you know, the printed publication uh, world. So I'd like to bring that back and I hope, I hope they uh, reach their goal on the Kickstarter. Um, thanks Christopher co- for co-hosting, man. It's been fun having you on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, where can people check out your podcast? The Beast Wars. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and, and the name whole, is Energon. A whole bunch of other podcasting services that I've never even heard of, but I've seen listener data, so people people do listen to us through them. Uh, 
for the Beast Wars podcast, you can just search Too Much Energon, a Beast Wars podcast. For the Reboot podcast, you can search uh, Alphanumeric, a Reboot podcast. If you want to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at Christopher Siege. That is S-I-E-G-E. You would be surprised at how many people fuck up the spelling of that word. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tricky one. Well, Christopher, thanks for being on the show, man. It's been fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. People will be back next week with episode 762. Until then, take it sleazy.
planning when I do the launch of the new Synchron 3.0. We're going to do some, uh, I haven't done a contest in a few years, but I got this like fucking massive box of dildos and butt plugs and all sorts of shit from Adam and Eve. They <laughs> right, just sent it. To, yeah, they sent it to me. Oh, did you see the picture? I, I think I saw that on the Discord, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm planning on doing some kind of, I haven't decided what we're going to do yet, but something. 